Nine-Fit listeners, welcome back to Cloud Nine-Fin, the podcast where we dissect and digest what's going on in the fast-paced and endlessly exciting world of corporate credit. I'm your host, Will Cager-Smith, and in the two weeks since I was last in the studio, things suddenly got a bit crazy. There's been a sudden rush of new primary issuance. It started off last week with some big syndications hitting the market. So we had banks offloading the bond portion of Nielsen's hung LBO financing and the bonds and loans backing Apollo's buyout of Teneco. So the window for issuance kind of cracked open. And then this week we had another splurge of new deals. So in the past couple of days, we've had new launches from Gates Global, Assured Partners, Spirit Aerosystems, Delec Holdings and Ball Corporation. So it's a lot going on in primary, a lot more than we've become accustomed to recently. But today, we're going to discuss something that's going on behind the scenes in the CLO market, which is impacting the secondary market. And here in the studio with me, I'm delighted to introduce our reporter, Emily Fassold, who's making her Cloud9 fin debut at long last. So welcome, Emily. Thank you. It's great to be here. Okay, so let's break this down. You wrote a piece yesterday about a structural issue in the CLO market, which Sounds kind of dry, but is actually a pretty big deal, right? It does sound kind of dry, but it is actually a big deal. Uh, so the story is all about the reinvestment crunch. I don't know if that's the technical term for it, but that's what we came up with. And yeah, it's kind of a big deal for the loan market. Okay, so for the uninitiated, can you just explain what we mean by the reinvestment crunch? Yeah, so basically to take a big step back, uh, a large majority of the demand for leverage loans comes from CLOs. So these are investment vehicles operated by CLO managers. So the CLO manager raises money from equity investors and from bond investors, and then it uses that money to buy leverage loans. Uh, Those loans pay regular interest or coupons. And the CLO manager uses those coupons to pay the interest on its own bonds which is generally lower than the rate of interest it's receiving from the loans it's invested in. Right. So this is the um, th- this is the the arbitrage, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, after it's paid the interest on its bonds, uh, there's money left over, and that's distributed to the equity investors in the CLO and to the CLO manager itself. Got it. So it's it's kind of like a a, a structured credit fund, right? It's like it's like a it's it's almost like a small bank in a way. Right, exactly. And there are a lot of rules about how the CLO manager can and can't operate. And one of those rules is that the manager has a certain number of years to actively manage its loan portfolio. And this is called the reinvestment period, which is what we were writing about. Right. Okay. So to vastly oversimplify it, managers can freely buy and sell loans while a CLO is within its reinvestment period. And then What happens when the reinvestment period ends? So when the reinvestment period ends, the CLO goes into post-reinvestment. And this is basically like a CLO going into retirement, kind of. The manager suddenly has much less ability to trade in and out of loans and is basically just overseeing the entire investment vehicle as it approaches maturity. And its bond investors get paid back and the whole thing winds down and just sort of ends the death of a CLO. Yeah, kind of like when a star dies. <laughs> well, like like it becomes a black hole. <laughs> well, I don't know, not that dramatic, but actually the, the reinvestment crunch could be kind of destructive in its own way. Uh, the better metaphor is probably that 
you know, when a CLO is in post reinvestment, it's sort of driving on autopilot. Right. Okay. But in this case, it sounds like it's it's on autopilot and suddenly flying into an asteroid field where it would probably be helpful for the pilot to be able to take the wheel and actually drive. Yeah, kind of. Uh, so basically, when we talk about the reinvestment crunch, what we mean is that a much bigger proportion of the CLO market than usual is about to enter post reinvestment. And to your point, that means that they're going to go on autopilot at maybe the exact wrong time. Right. Okay. So I have a couple of questions. Let's do this in two stages. First of all, why are there suddenly more CLOs that are about to enter this post reinvestment period? So there's a few reasons. Uh, first of all, back in 2020, when the pandemic hit, um, one way that CLO managers responded to all the uncertainty and market volatility at the time was to structure CLOs that had shorter reinvestment periods. So in normal times, CLOs tend to have a five-year reinvestment period, but in 2020, it was more like two or three years. Right. This is what you call print and sprint. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just a way for CLO managers to keep doing deals and raise cash to invest in loans uh, despite all of the volatility. And they did this for a while, uh, but then in 2021, the market kind of went back to normal and people started doing five-year reinvest deals again. But uh, those shorter dated deals that were done in 2020 are now approaching the end of their reinvestment period. So it's basically impossible for them to extend it. Right. So, so in normal times, you tend to see CLO managers extending their reinvestment period like extending that period where they can actively trade loans. And how do they do that? Right, exactly. They'll basically reprice or refinance the CLO structure. Uh, basically, they'll reset the clock on the entire vehicle, uh, which extends the maturity on the bonds they sold to finance the CLO. And this gives them more time to actively manage the portfolio. Okay, so why can't those pandemic era print and sprint deals that were issued back in 2020 and are now coming towards the end of their reinvestment period, why can't they do just that? Why can't they reprice or refinance? Right. I mean, obviously they want to, uh, but the thing is the debt market is really expensive right now, so it doesn't make sense for them to do it. Um, if you created a CLO in 2020 when interest rates were really low and you reset it now when rates are really high, uh, you're going to be paying a much higher interest rate to your investors, which squeezes your arbitrage. Basically, the difference between the interest you're being paid by the loans you invest in and the interest you have to pay on the money you borrowed from your investors. Right. Got it. Okay. So to my second question, why does this matter for the secondary leverage loan market? Yeah. So to bring it back to the loan market, uh, basically, this means that CLO managers have less ability to extend that reinvestment period. So they don't really have an option to stop their CLOs from going on autopilot. And the reason that matters is that suddenly a huge portion of the leverage loan buyer base is going to be severely restricted in terms of what they can buy and sell. Okay. So, yeah, so that is not helpful right now because the economic environment we're in or, or that we're entering right now is exactly the time that you really want to be able to freely buy and sell loans to manage your exposure, trade out of credits that you're thinking are going in the wrong direction and into stuff that is performing better, right? Exactly. Uh, loan investors have been you know, complaining for months that secondary market liquidity isn't great. 
And now this is probably just going to make things even worse for them. Okay. So the loan market is a big place. Are there any specific parts of the loan market that are most likely to be impacted by this? Yeah. So we're already actually seeing the impact. Um, and I'll just start off with kind of an applied example. Uh, this is a European situation, so it's not a U.S. deal, but it uh, very much speaks to what we're talking about. There's a company called Keter. Yeah, they, they make they make sheds. Sheds and so much more. <laughs> um, they they make actually a bunch of outdoor furniture, so uh, deck chairs, uh, planters, uh, ice buckets for when you have parties or friends over for drinks. But also sheds. Yes, um, sheds are also and outdoor storage are also a, a big part of what they do. Okay, so I'm guessing they did great business in the pandemic, um, but are not doing so good now. I mean. Sheds are one thing, I suppose, but ice buckets and deck chairs and planters and that kind of thing. These, these all sound like highly discretionary purchases. Right. Yeah. Beginning of a global recession is probably not the, the time a lot of folks are thinking about upgrading their backyard furniture, of all things. But uh, yes, basically, Keter has a bunch of debt maturing next year in 2023, uh, which they have to deal with. And the regular primary market isn't really an option because rates are so high. Uh, so they've been trying for a while to persuade their lenders to extend the maturity on their term loan, but they're having a really hard time doing that. And is that all because of the reinvestment crunch? Exactly, yes. Um, our colleagues over in London actually wrote a story about uh, this credit last week. Uh, basically, a lot of Keter's loan is held by CLOs, and a lot of those CLOs are no longer in their reinvestment period. They've entered post-reinvestment. Uh, and for many of those CLOs, that means they can't participate in the amend and extend of the loan. Even if they want to, because, I mean, if I were a lender holding this company's debt and I really believed in them, I might be happy to extend the maturity on the loan because I'd rather be paid back two years late, but in full, as opposed to pushing the company into a restructuring right now and the whole valuation getting haircut and maybe only getting like 70% of my of my money back. Yeah, unfortunately, even if these CLO managers wanted to extend, they're not allowed to uh, because they're in the post-reinvestment stage. Um, and for example, an extended loan might count as a new deal, and they're not allowed to invest in new loans while they're in post-reinvestment. Uh, right. Yeah, there's just a lot of different rules around this. Um, not all CLO indentures are identical, but that's basically the the gist of it. Okay, so so Kita, a good example of this, but going back to the US market, what is the impact going to be over here from this reinvestment crunch? Are we talking about the same kind of credit? So there any sectors in particular that are going to be that are going to be hit? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, it's always hard to paint things with a broad brush, but our sources are telling us it's already become a lot harder to trade loans at the lower end of the credit rating spectrum. So um, triple C's and single B loans. Right. Yeah, we've definitely seen a bit of a flight to quality in the loan market recently. And um, obviously, that definitely reflects the broader pressures, like just pressure on the economy and the uh, the kind of rising pace of downgrades. But it is also because speaking of downgrades, this other uh, it's because of this other structural CLO feature, which is the triple C bucket. Yeah, basically, uh, most CLOs are only allowed to hold a certain percentage of their portfolio in triple C rated loans. Um, and if they exceed that percentage, it's not like the CLO instantly collapses or anything. Uh, it just makes things a lot more difficult. 
Um, it can trigger certain actions and portfolio tests that can eventually lead to maybe lower equity distributions and things like that. Right. Yeah. Th this was a big concern for the for the CLO market back in 2020, when suddenly there were a lot of credits getting downgraded all at once, and people were people were worrying about those triple C buckets overflowing and and what that meant for investor distributions and everything. So the, I guess the point here is that. CLO managers have a very strong incentive to not exceed that triple C limit, right? Exactly. And that's why right now, um, as the economy sort of slows down and the pace of loan downgrades rises, uh, CLOs are under a lot of pressure to manage their exposure to triple Cs um, or to loans that are even just at risk of becoming triple Cs soon. Right. So this is this is why the liquidity thing is is a problem. If you want to manage those exposures, you need a liquid market so you can rebalance your portfolio but that is a problem right now like the market isn't as liquid as it as as you might hope it would be yes exactly uh so triple c and single b loans are coming under more and more pressure and uh, the reinvestment crunch is going to have more and more of an impact on liquidity and trading levels uh, so yes this wonky structural thing about clos um or it is a wonky structural thing about clos but uh, the impact is potentially going to be felt across the leveraged loan market and the broader corporate credit market even. Right. So definitely a factor to watch, especially because it doesn't seem like rates are coming down anytime soon. But one question I have is, doesn't new issuance of CLOs kind of offset the, the reinvestment crunch a bit? As, as in, if, new, if more new CLOs are being created, surely that leads to a smaller proportion of CLOs that are outside their reinvestment period because the, the new ones are kind of replacing them and, and they will be within reinvestment. Yeah, uh, that's true in theory, but uh, recently issuance has uh, been a lot lower um, and also managers are doing print and sprint deals again, kind of like back in the pandemic. Oh, right. So even if we get through this reinvestment crunch, we could maybe have another one in a, in a couple of years. Yeah, that's the theory. Uh, although, to be fair, uh, that will depend on what the repricing and refinancing environment looks like at that point. Um, it's definitely possible that interest rates uh, will have come down again by then, but who knows? Right. And and the, the, the state of the loan market might be quite different by then. But yeah, like you said, who knows? Time will tell. Well, that's a good excuse to check back in on this trend in, in a few months time, um, especially now that you've made your Cloud9 Fin debut. Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it. All right. Well, until next time then. Thank you so much, Emily. Thanks for helping break all of this down. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have thoughts or questions or just want to say hi, drop us an email at team at ninefin.com. We're always happy to hear from you. Don't forget to check in with our London colleagues next Thursday for an update on all things Europe. I'll be back again the week after that. Until then, as always, take care.